Hello, and welcome to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. In this podcast, we discuss mystical works of literature and how they relate to recovery. We hope you enjoy today's podcast episode. Hey guys, Buddy C. Let's take a moment. Find our emptiness that's there waiting on us. Okay. Okay. All right. We are on the 36th chapter of the Tao Te Ching. Anyone have any suggestions or comments on this before we start? Have any epiphanies while they were reading? I saw a different, uh, a little different principle in this than what we've seen oftentimes. Um, I thought about my, in recovery, what we'd call our character defects, character challenges, these emotions, these uh, parts of our character, like our selfishness, dishonesty, our resentment, our fear that we talk about. I saw how they show themselves. How they, we have to let them be seen before we can do something with them, before we can surrender them. So this has got a lot to do with surrender. Uh, there's some, there's a couple of really good quotes in this. There's a, several ways we can go with it. So I think it's really good. Um, Kate, you want to read for us, dear? Sure. Get started. So this is the 36th verse. All right. That which shrinks must first expand. That which fails must first be strong. That which is cast down must first be raised. Before receiving, there must be giving. This is called perception of the nature of things. Soft and weak overcome hard and strong. Fish cannot leave deep waters, and a country's weapons should not be displayed. Okay, second translation. If you want to shrink something, you must first allow it to expand. If you want to get rid of something, you must first allow it to flourish. If you want to take something, you must first allow it to be given. This is called the subtle perception of the way things are. The soft overcomes the hard. The slow overcomes the fast. Let your workings remain a mystery. Just show people the results. Third translation. If you want something to return to the source, you must first allow it to spread out. If you want something to weaken, you must first allow it to become strong. If you want something to be removed, you must first allow it to flourish. If you want to possess something, you must first give it away. This is called the subtle understanding of how things are meant to be. The soft and pliable overcomes the hard and inflexible. Just as a fish remains hidden in deep waters, it is best to keep weapons out of sight. And the final translation, to make something smaller, you need to appreciate its size. To make something weaker, you must recognize its strength. To get rid of something, you need to hold it tight. To take something, you must give it up entirely. To put it another way, sensitivity and weakness overcome unfeeling strength. Thoughts? This spoke to, every translation here spoke to me a lot. Um, yesterday, I went to see my therapist, and over the past several weeks, I've been struggling with being vulnerable and making, um, owning my wrongs in my addiction. I had one abandonment or a um, how to make one thing right that I didn't. And um, I struggled with being vulnerable and trying to show strength. Like I thought if I admitted to this fault, that it would show a side of weakness and that I wasn't always strong. But I actually did it last night and it, like I just gave it up, let it go and showed that I wasn't, didn't have to always be strong and it actually paid off and I no longer carrying this around with me. So I understand where it says if you want to um, get over something or if you want to possess something, you must first give it away. And like I wanted to possess um, a feeling of peace and but I had to give away what I was what was keeping me sick really. And it yeah, all of this spoke to me highly. I love everything about it. Thanks to Tori. Thanks. 
Well, I didn't welcome you guys. I skipped y'all. I'm sorry about that. I said something about me and didn't mention y'all. <laughs> Glad we have Marla here and Marla H and King and Craig M and Tori. What's your initial? W. W and Zach B. Glad you guys can make it. All right. Now I got y'all involved. Uh, Tori, uh, that's good. That's what I was getting out of it too. Um, that it's interesting how we, we have to let those things be seen before they can be handled, you know. Uh, to take something, you must first give it up entirely. That was one that really spoke to me out of the last translation. Give it up entirely. I was thinking about our uh, our thoughts on letting go and resistance and surrender, the first three steps. You know, that really preparing us to really let our higher power work in our life. Um, and there is such a freedom. What, what I, what I got from what you said was being vulnerable. And that's something that we're taught all of our life to not be. Mm-hmm. Yep. But in recovery, we learn and I've learned that I have to be okay with being vulnerable until I'm able to do that. There's, I don't leave much space for help for me. Yeah. I don't leave much space if I'm not doing that. Um, Any comments? I saw something of a cyclical nature in it. The giving and receiving, the expanding and shrinking. Um, I know it talks about perception, but we, um, and it is how you see things. But I did see a, a cyclical nature coming through that, uh, giving and receiving. You know that vulnerableness. I think is an example of the soft and weak overcoming the hard and strong. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, vulnerability is actually strength. Surrender. You know, which we see. I know I saw as uh, I'm surrendering. I mean, you know, that's weakness. Um, it's actually a, takes a lot of strength to surrender rather than weakness. And, it, you know, it took me a couple of years to see that, but um, surrendering is actually takes a lot of strength. Vulnerability takes a lot of strength as well for me. You know, actually in the world, that is a sales technique. Vulnerability, yeah. Yes, because what you do, this is how you use it. This is how I was taught to use it. When you're working with someone new and you're trying to create some rapport, you tell them a weakness of yours so that they feel comfortable with you. It's like a manipulation thing. It is. We're taught in the world, actually, to use this as a manipulation. So uh, when I was establishing a a relationship, um, I, I was in real estate. I would tell them a weakness of mine and a weakness I have had and I still, well, it's not a big deal now was getting my phone calls returned because I got so many phone calls and I just hated returning them. And so I told them our first sit down, I said, listen, I, I want to tell you a weakness of mine, something I struggle with. And they were like, they're usually like shocked that I would say anything like that. You know, because you're supposed to portray this, you know, like you do everything right kind of thing because you're trying to sell them to do business with you. They haven't decided yet. And so if you decide to do business with me, I, I would just want to tell you something I struggle with. I, I have difficulty returning my phone calls in a timely manner. I'm working on that, but I want you to know that that's something that I struggle with. And, and I'm working harder to do a better job of that. So just have some patience with me. If we do business, I just want you to know that up front. And so usually, I mean, it just lowers the guard, yeah. lowers their resistance. So it's funny how, you know, even in the world, something you're taught to manipulate somebody, because that was all about manipulation, because you're trying to get them to do business with you. <laughs> so, you know, taking a principle that actually works and works for us and twisting it, we that's all over the place with the rest of the world. But with us, we can use it in a, in a, in a true manner, you know, in a, in a non-manipulative way, um, learning to be vulnerable. I've had to learn to be vulnerable in, well, really any area of life that 
I want my higher power involved in. I have to be vulnerable. I have to come to the conclusion that I don't know the right answers, that I don't know the solutions, that I have to be open-minded and willing and honest. Because if I keep this front up that I have it figured out, all I'm going to get is Buddy's solutions. Yeah, exactly, Mom. No, no, no one ends up trusting you when you feel that, when you t- are like that, you know? One thing that I've been dealing with is um, I've been dealing with some trauma from my past that's been coming up lately. And my method of dealing with it has been just to crush it down and ignore it for my whole life. And I'm looking at the first two lines. To make something smaller, you need to appreciate its size. And to make something weaker, you must recognize its strength. And it's just been, like, coming up and giving me all these problems lately. And, you know, I think what I'm going to need to do about this is to appreciate its size and recognize its strength. I can't just crush it down. I'm going to actually have to deal with it and work through it instead of just ignore it, crush it down, pretend it's not there, you know, because it's not working for me doing that. Um, so I, these first two lines I kind of relate to a lot. Like if it's going to get smaller, I'm going to actually have to let it out a little bit and work through it. Yeah. Which exactly. kind of sucks, but. Yeah. It doesn't say this is all stuff we like, you know. <laughs> it doesn't say let good things become strong, you know. Right. But you, you know that go. Go ahead. That goes back to the uh, not resisting. You know, it's suppression is not surrender. You know, we we if we resist something, we give it more power. Mm-hmm. I think you're right, Kate. When we, if we just let it out and accept that's how we're feeling. Yeah. You know, and accept that and then use the tools we learn in recovery to, to accept it really, because that's what you're having to do. Uh, instead of suppress it, then, you know, then, then I think that takes the energy out of it. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Anyone else? So what tools are you using, Kate? What are you going to use to deal with that? Whatever it is, what do you, what's the tools that you're going to use? Uh, I started going to therapy. So that I'm starting to talk about it a little bit. Good. Um, I don't know what other tools I'm really. Well, let's talk about it for a minute and see what we can come up with. Maybe we can come up with some tools. Anyone I'm, trying to, I'm trying to stop isolating, so that's okay. That's, that's my good. goal. I'm trying to start talking to you guys, so that'll be good. Um, what about journaling? You know, writing about it. That could be a tool. I'll write that down. Write it. Yeah, just write it, and you can even erase, it, delete it when you're done, or you know, throw it out when you're done. Nobody has to read it. But putting things on paper, I, I resisted writing for a long time, but putting things on paper. And then rereading them puts definitely puts a different perspective on it than the one that's in my head. You know, even though it came from my head. That's weird. <laughs> but talking is great. Therapy is great. How about um how about gratitude? I know it's the opposite of what you want to think about. But can you find any gratitude in the results of whatever that trauma is being in your life. Maybe you can, maybe you can't, but has it caused you to seek out uh, ways of dealing with other things that have helped you? Can you find anything out of it that you can be grateful about? Maybe you can, maybe you can't. The other thing I would do is uh, pray for someone else encourage someone else that may have had similar trauma okay i would encourage others any way that um i could get out of myself with it um i had a sponsee that had a uh that has a uh debilitating 
terminal disease. And I didn't know what to tell him how to deal with it. And uh, he knew what the end was going to be. He knows what the end is going to be. So I asked him if he knew anyone else that had this disease, and he said, "Yes, I do. I know of a website, and it's a it's a it's a very uh, uh it, it's not something a lot of people have." So I uh, he got involved in the in the organization and started helping and encouraging others that weren't in recovery, even that you know helping to try to make their life better and try to trying to help them. And he got some peace from doing that. So any way that we can give back, any way that we can make space by getting out of ourselves, I think helps with anything, no matter what it is we're talking about. Even things that we're trying to practice the principles in that have nothing to do with anything negative, like when I was trying to learn to practice the principles in my real estate business, um, I started praying for the people I didn't like in real estate for their houses to sell. The people I liked the least, I prayed for. <laughs> you know, that's that kind of a thing. You know, getting out of ourselves, whatever it is that we can do to get out of our head and to give, because that's what we're here for—is to add to this flow of life, not not demand things out of it. So. Mm-hmm. And we don't know, you don't know, Kate, where that gift, and you don't look at it as a gift. I know whatever, you know, uh, that trauma, you don't look at that as a gift. But in the future, you have no idea who you might be able to help. Right. You have no idea. So we don't know where our lives are going to lead. So I try to look at things that way rather than the negative on, on traumas in my life and try to use those, uh, try to know that that this is here for a reason. Um, I don't like it. I don't, you know, it's not fair. It's not, you know, all those things, but it is what it is and there's nothing I can do about it. So I might as well create a positive out of it rather than a negative. Mm-hmm. That's all I can do. Yeah. So that's all I can do. So um, any other tools, guys? Uh, Kate, I'm also doing the um, intensive trauma therapy right now. Uh-huh. And- as hard as it was to begin with, um, what I learned that helped me a lot was trying to have some sort of compassion for the people or the things that surrounded the trauma and trying to understand where maybe they were at in their life or where they were coming from and also uh, trying to see what I learned from it. Like, as bad as this was, um, today I know that blah, 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 because of that incident. Like, I can say that I'm stronger or I can say that I learned how to use my voice or how to speak up whenever I'm feeling a certain way. Because if I had simply done that, a lot of the times with um, that surrounded my trauma, if I had just simply used my voice and reached out to someone, I could have saved myself a lot of hurt. So if you try to find out what you learn from it or if you can try to have compassion in some way, which I know it's really hard a lot of times, trying to have compassion for the person or the people or events that surrounded it has helped me a lot. Wow. Thank you. That's great. Yeah, that's really great. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. We're all sick people, aren't we? We are. Every human being, pretty much. Except for the Dalai Lama. <laughs> He's awesome. <laughs> Who what? The Dalai Lama. He's a pretty, pretty sane dude. You know, I bet if you spent a week with him, you'd be disappointed in him too. <laughs> I highly doubt that. <laughs> he's still human, Marla. Yeah, but he's like he's woke. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but uh, that's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Zach, uh, Zach posted a, a new tool that uh, he uses in those situations. He's having problem with his audio. Is maps meditate, apply, pray, share. I like that. I like that too. Share, yeah. Meditate, Meditate, apply, pray, and share. That's how he keeps up with it. Cool. That's good. Thank you. All right. Are we? Any other comments? Are y'all ready for some commentaries? Yeah. I'll start with the Stephen Mitchell. He. He did the second translation that we read. 
if you want to shrink something, for example, defects in your character, when suppressed or ignored, they continue. It's what we were talking about. But when allowed to present in your awareness, they eventually wither away. Or as Blake said from a slightly different perspective, the road of excess leads to the palace of wisdom. Right. Road to excess. Leads to the palace of wisdom. Well, that's with any defect. You know, how often have, you know, you prayed for patience and you get a line to stand in? <laughs> right. Or you, you're in a real hurry and everybody else is going really slowly, you know. Well, they're probably going the same speed they always do, but it's you that's in the rush, you know. Uh, Craig, you have the uh, Derek Lynn. What are you grinning about? I'm just grinning. Just <laughs> for absolutely no reason. I'm just I'm just in a grinning kind of mood. <laughs> All right. So Derek Lynn, if one wishes to shrink it, one must first expand it. If one wishes to weaken it, one must first strengthen it. If one wishes to discard it, one must first promote it. If one wishes to seize it, one must first give it away. This is called the subtle. This is called subtle clarity. The soft and weak overcome the tough and strong. Fish cannot survive. Sorry, fish cannot leave the depths. The sharper instruments of the state cannot be shown to the people. So what he's got to say about that is a classic example of this process is pride goeth before the fall. Consider what happens when a promising actor is surrounded by sycophants. They expand and strengthen his ego with endless flattery. He becomes disconnected from reality and he believes he can do no wrong. Soon the bubble bursts and his project collapses. His spectacular failure shrink and weaken his ego. In the meantime, another rising star assembles an entourage and the process starts all over again. He's talking about uh, first promoting and if you wish to seize it, you need to promote it. This is especially today. The massive consumerism of our society gives us numerous examples where certain things, gadgets, vehicles, movies, and so on, get hyped up to a fever pitch. After a while, the craze passes and we move on to the next thing. Yesterday's hits, bestsellers and stars are thrown away and forgotten without a second thought. When he's talking about the subtle clarity, he says, the reason we call insight subtle is that they seem to be contrary to our habitual thought patterns. To understand them is to become enlightened in the deeper workings of the Tao. And something that confused me about this chapter is when they started talking about fish. Mm-hmm. What's, what's happening here? Or will we reveal? Not displaying sharp instrument, he refers to the hidden nature of the Tao. The powerful insights of the sages can be used against people, but because it's, because it's our nature to nurture rather than harm others, we remain, we remain immersed in a benevolent Tao, like the fish keeping to the depths. I can see you're so confused. Well, like fish are hidden? Well, yeah. When they, when they yeah, so deeply, they're, you can't see them, they're hidden, but they're there. But they just do. They, they do what fishes do. Let's not go back to the baking conversation, but fishes just do what they do because that's their environment. They don't need to, they don't need to promote themselves because they're just there. Yeah. They don't need to shrink themselves because they're already at the size that they should be. Wayne Dyer had a lot to say about the fish. <laughs> he made sense. <laughs> what he what he suggested was that the fish stay safe while they stay in the depths in their environment. When they come to the surface and start looking at the world, they get caught in nets. So they need to stay in their natural place, which is in the depths. When they come up to the shallows and start looking at what's outside of them, then they get caught and they become a trophy. <laughs> Someone else. Well, yeah, I, I kind of read into that the fish are being humble because they're staying, they're staying at the lowest part because they're in the water. They don't come up and promoting themselves. And 
I liked what Derek Lynn said about uh, – he said that the if one wishes to seize it, one must first give it. If we wish to be treated kindly, we must start by giving others loving kindness. If we wish to make friends, we must start by being friendly. If we wish to be respected, we must start by respecting others. This works because the Tao process is circular. The principle underlying all interactions is one of dynamic, universal energy exchange. Yep. Like it. We have, we, if we want friends, we've got to be friendly. It says love others like we want to be loved, right? Not like they love us. Right. We take the action first. All right. Wayne Dyer. 36th verse. Um, he, he, uh, he labels this chapter living in obscurity. The verse goes, should you want to contain something, you must deliberately let it expand. Should you want to weaken something, you must deliberately let it grow strong. Should you want to eliminate something, you must deliberately allow it to flourish. Should you want to take something away, you must deliberately grant it access. The lesson here is called the wisdom of obscurity. The gentle outlasts the strong. The obscure outlasts the obvious. Fish cannot leave deep waters, and a country's weapon should not be displayed. We didn't discuss that last line. Should country's weapon should not be displayed. Um, so the chapter goes, a large part of your growing up life lessons revolved around the words, notice me. You were taught that the more attention you received, particularly for being a good little person, the more status and approval you'd get from your peers, as well as the adults you knew. Yes. Being number one, you were told, earn the gold star. Win that championship. Get the best grades. Become valedictorian. Attain that letter sweater. Gather up trophies and so on. Such lessons were all about rising to the top of the crowd and evaluating yourself based on how you stacked up competitively with everyone around you. When you change the way you think about your place in the great scheme of things, you'll discover that the wisdom of obscurity allows you to eliminate competition from your life and retreat into quiet strength. In other words, Lao Tzu is asking you to take to take it easy and base your view on an entirely new criteria. As you do, your world will begin to reflect a gentle, low-key soul who outlasts those who measure their strength by how much status they have compared to their peers. This verse opens with the idea of understanding the dichotomous nature of the material world and then encourages you to become an astute observer of your life. Feeling belittled means that you must know what it's like to be important. The idea of being weak grows out of having known what it's like to feel strong. As one translation of the Tao Te Ching, the way of life according to Lao Tzu, translated by Witter Binner, reminds us, he who feels punctured must once have been a bubble. He who feels unarmed must have carried arms. He who feels deprived must have had privilege. Avoid the pitfalls of feeling weak, unimportant, stressed, or fearful by transcending the thinking that you got there in the first place. Keep in mind that if you feel weak, you must have had the opposite perception of being strong at least once. If you experience stress, you have an idea of what being unstressed is like. By becoming independent of the need to compare yourself and fit in, you choose the path that Lao Tzu calls the wisdom of obscurity. That is, you release your need to be more anything in the eyes of others. Lao Tzu concludes this elegant verse with the metaphor of fish leaving the deep water. When they try to examine the surface and see the big world beyond those depths, the little guys no longer endure because they're captured by a net. Hence, you find the great lesson of this 36th verse. Stay under the radar, and you'll outlast all who strive to be recognized. When you shift to this viewpoint, your desire for obscurity will surpass your need to be seen as strong and above everyone else, and you won't end up all alone in your trophy room. 
hold on right hold on right there, Mom. Yeah, that's uh that's huge if we can learn to do that. Yeah. To stay under the radar. You mean? To yeah, to to not be so consumed with ourselves. You know, of no of the grass is always greener of looking outward for what we need rather than inward. That's how I'm seeing that as far as application. Yeah. Because yeah. if the fish is looking out saying, Oh, that's that looks so nice, I want to see what's out there, then they're gonna get caught. Where if they stay in their world and you know, in, in where they're created to live, they have all they need, all they could want. So it's like that AA saying, stay on your side of the street, you know. Isn't it? Your hula hoop. Stay in your hula hoop, yeah. 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 That's really stripping the ego out of things, isn't it? Yeah. It mm-hmm. is. I like in his translation of, of the verse, everyone, he's, it's a deliberate action to allow things to happen, like what you were talking about, Kate. Should you want to contain something, you must deliberately let it expand. Should you want to weaken something, you must deliberately let it grow strong. That you're taking action, you deliberate, this is, you're not trying to keep it from being strong, you're deliberately putting it in the light, you know? Do you think, um, you know, the, the second part where it says the gentle outlasts the strong, does that, you know, what immediately comes to mind is that saying the meek shall inherit the earth, that kind of thing. Where the meeker actually the stronger. The, the weaker I get, the stronger I become. It's all that paradoxical thinking that yeah. what we think is strength is not real strength. Yeah. What we <laughs> perceive as being strength is not really strength. Surrender is strength in the way we're talking and spiritually. So, yeah. Now, I do not, I do not understand this, the country's weapons on display. Is that? to be similar to the fish, the weapons are not the real weapon, or the weapons are not their real strength. Your, your weapons, if you look at it as a per, on a personal level, um, what you, what is perceived as the world's strength may not really be your strength. Yeah, that's, or I, I did read one commentary that, just said that line was, it, it's like Lao Tzu was playing with us with that line. He was just kind of threw it in and um, didn't really mean a whole lot by it. Well, but, that would make sense. That would make sense. That no mean you shouldn't show aggression. That's, that's, uh, that's, that, that's obviously the, that, that's the, that's a practical application that I read into that. Yeah, that's, um, that kind of makes sense too. You know, you, sh- you should not, you should not show discretion. Uh, you should not show, um, what was it called? Aggression. Aggression. Yeah. I wonder if it's, it's like, you know, you know, you're blustering, you know, like instead of like you're, you're trying to present like great strength when actually, you know, you're, you're actually like having this quiet kind of weakness. Like, like we were talking about the meek inheriting the earth. You actually have this quiet weakness, but you're presenting this front of like great strength with, with your weapons out. You know, mm-hmm. Does that kind of makes sense mm-hmm. a little bit. Because that's not your real strength, right? The weapons are not the country's real strength. It may be what you would see as strength, just like with us, the things we have and our our knowledge and our intelligence and all that is not our real success. The things we own, that's not our real success. Our real success is being spiritually fit and how we um, treat others and live a spiritual life. That's our real success in my thinking. Just like your ego is not yourself. Exactly. You shouldn't be letting your ego run yourself. That's that's another way. Maybe the same kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Maybe the same. Yeah. Okay. Good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, Oh, the meek shall inherit the earth. 
that another translation of that is when I show care, when I'm full of care, I am cared for. That's just another translation of that same verse, Marla. So I think that's a message version. And so when I'm full of care, I, I am cared for. That's the meek yeah. inheriting the earth. So, um, and, and that fits right in with recovery. What are we yes. taught? If we have a need, let's go help somebody. And we leave space then for our, that emptiness there for our higher power to help us. Because if we're full of ourselves, there's no room for anything else to happen. It's interesting that this chapter came up because Wayne Dyer was on the um, quote of the day show with Sean Croxton today. And his quote was, um, practice, practice being kind rather than being right. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah, that's what the Dalai Lama says. What's, when people ask him, what's his religion? He's like, my religion is kindness. Just be mm-hmm. kind to everyone. Make an effort to stay in the oneness in your own. Yeah, I've actually picked it. I've, I've picked one of them book, the books up. It was the Dalai Lama and the who's other chap, the other chap, the other chap, the other, the other gent. Um, what was his name? Desmond Tutu. Archbishop Tutu. Yeah, I picked the, um, the the joy of life. Or I picked up. I've not really paid much attention to it. I've still not read it. <laughs> Well, at least it's in your library, you know. I've got it in my library. I'm, I'm gonna, I'll get around to it. Greg, you could probably take it and put it in the bed with you and sleep with it on you, and it might help you some. Let's see. <laughs> you might not have to read it. <laughs> Let us know how that works out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We're reading today. Maybe it's got something to do with you buying the book. Who knows? More weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> I wish it worked that way. That'd be great, wouldn't it? <laughs> All right. You want to read us some more, Marla? Or are you, are you done? No, there's only a few things left in this. Okay. Here's what Lao Tzu offers you from 25 centuries ago, which he dictated this enduring poem of wisdom. Strive to know oneness by seeking awareness of opposites. Make every effort to stay in a state of oneness in your mind. For example, if you're tired, remind yourself that you know what being rested is like. Recognize the opposing feelings so that you can know both of them simultaneously. Do this, do this with any sensation. If you're depressed, weak, jealous, unloved, or anything, the antithesis of what you're going through is within your experiential framework. Seek the 36th verse, opposite feeling right in the moment, and be at one with it in your mind, for this will provide you with a balanced sense of being at peace within yourself. This oneness where you entertain extremes and use your mind to be like the Tao, which never divides anything. How could oneness be broken apart? It would no longer exist if you split it up. Yeah, I mean, I, I know I have a habit of, um, when I'm doing opposites, of separating them, you know? How can I feel this way if I feel this way? Um, so he's saying, feel, as an example, feel love and hate as one and the same. Is that is that kind of what I'm reading? You have both of them. You can have both of them. They can both exist. Yeah, what, what he's saying, I think, is and I I'd never do this. I need to. This is a great practice. That when I'm, it's actually using gratitude in some way too for me. If I, if I'm angry, I can appreciate that I'm times when I'm happy, you know. Or if I'm if I'm angry, I can see, you know, what uh, what the opposite feeling of that is, and and maybe start working in that direction, you know. So. Um, I don't stay in that negative feeling. Right. It, it's about changing your negative thoughts to positive ones. Right. And LP, you know, that too. But this, to me, it's saying, you know, you can feel both of them without um, separating them, you know. I'm going to have to work on that. Yeah, it's a tough one. No question about it. Let's read the last one. Withdraw yourself and allow others. 
The fish, monitor your inclinations to compare yourself to others or to stay within the system. A system is designed to get you to behave just like everyone else as it contrives to make comparisons determine as it, as it contrives to make comparisons determine your success or happiness. The Tao urges you to seek obscurity. Draw little or no attention to yourself and don't ask to be recognized. Instead, allow, allow, allow. Well, that just goes against our need to be heard. Let other people flourish, waxing on about their strength and popularity. As Lao Tzu says, you must deliberately grant others the right to expand, but take your own lesson from the fish that endure and stay in the deep waters of your Tao-directed soul. (laughs) Do the Tao now. Give yourself an assignment to be as much in the background as you can for an entire day. Stifle inclinations to compare yourself to anyone else or to draw attention to yourself. That got me fired, by the way. You can accomplish this by making a commitment to be interested in others today, substituting the pronoun I for you. So instead of saying, I did this kind of work for years, let me tell you how you should proceed, Remark. You should. You seem to be doing so well with your new business. In the language of the Tao, stay soft and gentle, and you will endure. Wow. Good stuff. Now, that comes back to a conversation that I had with Buddy one time, and he was saying, my homework for this week is to, if I'm having a conversation with somebody, to never turn it around to myself. Always try and keep it engaged towards that person. Try and take me out of it and just try and make more people feel special by concentrating on what they're doing. Being a good listener. Mm-hmm. When I first started seeing this, I had no idea how I took every conversation and made it about me, no matter who I was talking to. Which is human. It's human. It's not a defect. It's human. Well, it's ego. Yeah. It's selfishness. Yeah. It's just, Hey, let's, hey, that's enough talking about me. Let's talk about me some more. <laughs> I had a friend that used to say that. You know, he'd catch himself and say, hey, that's enough. Let's talk about me some more. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> and he was right. You know, it's. Uh, I had to really work at that because I have a tendency to twist every conversation so that I have input, that they'll think I'm this great person, that, I've done all these things. I've traveled to this. Oh, I've been there. Did you do this or this or th-? you know? It takes a lot of practice not to I make really, anything about you. Yeah, I really struggled with that. I did. I really. It's, I think in a lot of the conversations you're always trying to one up on on, on somebody as well. Um, and once I actually started being more conscious of of trying not to do it, that's when I realized how selfish I can be sometimes. Yeah, it's purely because ego sets in. Yeah, well, we're your human. We have egos. But I, I did, you know, I did a pra- that practice in my work when I was when I was teaching with this group, and I stayed in the background rather than um, sh- applying my light or shining my light, and it to them made me appear like I was weak and didn't know what I was doing. And therefore, you know, that got me fired basically. So it, that didn't work as well in, in that instance, I thought is I didn't step in, you know, when one of the teachers started um, uh, complaining about things I did, which nothing was wrong with. Um, I, I like stayed in the background and kind of allowed it to happen. And I knew what I was, I, you know, I knew I knew a lot and that I, I was doing fine, but it, what continued was that this person kept telling on me and telling on me and finally, you know, weakened the, the bond between me and my boss and basically got me fired for it. So there, there's gotta be a, a balance of, you know, staying in your light not being so obscure, you know, and, and stepping into what you really know and and teaching it 
you know, that's what being a teacher is, is relaying what you know in the best way you can. So, yeah, it's, it's you know, there's got to be a balance of that. And, and I, I guess I didn't play it very well. Otherwise, I'd still be doing it. Well, I don't, I don't know, Marla. Um, I think you'll probably learn more from that experience as time goes on. I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know how that, how that would play in that. I know there's a balance, but yet there's, there's a strength in staying in your humility too. And I, I don't know yeah. the situation, but probably a year from now, you'll be able to see things in that that you're not seeing at the moment. Yeah. I mean, I hope so, but I, I hope so because you know, that rejection is pretty, um, it's powerful. Getting rejected is very powerful. One probably one of my main fears, you know. And now you're having to learn to surrender this rejection that you wouldn't have had to learn before. Mm-hmm. So who knows where that's going to lead you? Um, How much growth is going to be in that? Yeah, it could lead to something much more powerful. Good. Which yeah. is what I'm hoping for. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You know? Exactly. Rather than crawling into a hole and, you know, feeling horrible and feeling with failure, you know, I'm stepping out again. I'm going to start a new class. And, you know, I think that's powerful. And you're talking about it. You're here instead of telling no one except Edgar about it. <laughs> Dog. Listen, he's a good listener. <laughs> <laughs> I love animals. You know, we really never know the gifts that are in our difficulties. Things that seem unfair, we we do not see all the gifts that are there. It takes time to see those gifts. Yeah, I think you're right. It takes time. So yeah, like I, the gift of addiction. Get from that, yeah. Addiction's a good, a great, a great example of that. Yeah, I have gotten so many gifts from being an alcoholic. <laughs> it's quite honestly, it's the greatest thing that ever happened to me. I'd have to agree. I think it's, uh, yeah, it's gotten me to this point. You know, where I'm a little more woke than I was a year ago. I would not be anywhere near this road if I had not had to deal with a life-ending addiction because I was to that end. I would have never learned to surrender. I would have never learned to let go in any way if my life did not depend on it. Right. I know. I agree. The gifts of desperation. All these gifts. You know, we, we think it's bad when... It's a gift in some way. We just don't see it yet. We don't see it. Well, yeah, the, 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 the flip side of the gift of des- desperation is the gift of recovery. Yeah. A lot of people talk about the gift of de- desperation quite a lot, but you don't really hear about the, the gifts of recovery coming out of the other end of it. Well, those are the promises, right? Mm-hmm. The promises are the gifts of recovery. So what were our takeaways on this, guys? This was good. We're strong. Give it away to keep it. Kindness. Making friends. Oh, I have Matthew 5, 7 down here. That's the meat shall inherit the earth. I'd wrote that before as a note. Oh, I read something about the, that the Greek word for meek does not mean you're weak. It, it was a, a, a meek meant a whole different thing. I wish I had saved it, but it doesn't mean weakness. Um, the, like that translation I like is showing care. Yeah. That's not meekness. I don't know if that, I'm sure that's related in some way. Um, to take something, you must give it up entirely. Entirely. I thought about our surrender and our letting go and stopping our resistance. That's in the fourth translation. To take something, you must give it up entirely. It took me six years in recovery to surrender to alcohol, to give it up entirely enough to where I could get any kind of help. That's why it's difficult for us to let 
any any power greater than than ourselves help us because we do not want to let anything go entirely. We still think we have the solution. We have an answer. And um, that that for me with this about with her with my first this real recovery for me is about totally giving up the idea that that that, that there is a higher power. I was fighting it. Like, where is it? I don't. I have no proof. Give it up. It's just it's there, and that's what I did. Is I gave it up, and there's something bigger than me, and I I accept it completely. So far, eight weeks sober. The door. Hopefully, you won't need it anymore, Marla. Hope I'm not. not. I don't seem to be obsessing a lot like I, I've done before. Good. Yeah. The door. You have something. Uh, the, my favorite part of this was soft and weak overcome um, hard and strong. Again, you don't always have to be strong or it's okay to be vulnerable. A lot of times being, being vulnerable, you're going to overcome that thing that you didn't think you could do without being strong. Yeah. You know, other than it being okay, Tori, I think it's necessary to be mm-hmm. vulnerable. It is completely. It is necessary. We have to be vulnerable because how else can we be weak? You're not. <laughs> right. You're not giving up entirely, are you? Exactly. Exactly. I was looking through, we talked about the fish analogy. <laughs> now we've got everything on my notes we covered, I think everything. What would be a good title for this? We never appreciate the gifts in our struggle. Okay. I wrote that down. Never appreciate the in our struggles. Can't read that. Can't see it. I wrote it down. Okay. <laughs> and I also wrote maps down as well. I thought that was brilliant. Meditate, I wrote maps like, also. Read. Yeah. I Meditate, that. apply, prayer, and Share. one to us. Share. Yeah. Meditate, apply. Good. That's good, guys. Okay. Well, then, any other topic suggestions, or we're going to go with Craig's? Let's go with Craig's. Don't go with mine because that'll inflate my ego. <laughs> okay, I'll come up with something else then, Craig. Yeah, come up with something like we never appreciate the gifts in our struggles. <laughs> How about we may never appreciate, yeah, I could do that, then it wouldn't be yours, right? That's true. That, that's, <laughs> right word. That's, that's taking the me right now. <laughs> All right, guys, if uh, if we're all good, we'll call it there then. Hello, this is Buddy C. I wanted to make you aware of several recovery-related resources that I've posted in the episode description. These resources include a list of recovery podcasts, a free sober meditation app, daily recovery email, shared Google recovery calendars. Hope you put some of these resources to use and have a great week. Thank you for listening to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends in recovery.